Okay, hello and welcome to Hello Governor of the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today is, introduce yourself. Uh, Kelly Greenshield. So first question is the obvious one. How did you get started? How did I get started? Um, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a long story, but I'll, I'll try to make it brief. Um, I've been a fan of anime my entire life since I was like, I don't know, maybe seven and I lived in Houston, Texas, and um, I happened there. There was this um, company called ADV Films. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but um, I found out because my friend knew about them holding like open auditions or something. And I was eleven years old, <laughs> so I was an itty bitty baby. Um, and I got, but they were looking for people, and I got to audition. Um, and failed miserably. Like it was, it was not great you know, as one would expect at 11 years old. Right. But, um, especially with like no formal training, nothing like that. I just learning through watching, um, any kind of animation, cartoons and video games and stuff. But, um, you know, I got the bug. I was like, oh, you know what though? I, this is what I, I'm really interested in trying to pursue this. And then it was very, I was a very anxietal child. Um, so I had stage fright. I was just like so scared of the world. And, um, but I, so instead of super pursuing acting, I started to do like kind of roundabout things. Like um, I did uh, dance for 11 years, like tap, jazz, point, ballet, um, and performed on stage. And that was like kind of easier for me to do because uh, you weren't talking, which is funny because that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> but it's, uh, um, I did that. And then um, I did singing and uh, which I'm not a fantastic singer by any means, but I did that for a few years. Um, and then off and on, I would tr dip my toe into like different kind of acting camps or um, if they offered it in school. I actually didn't become a part of theater until my senior year of high school um, because I was so still terribly shy, um, even with all the other stuff I was kind of building. But I would perform skits at anime conventions <laughs> and that, for whatever reason, that was fine, but not any other kind of uh, acting stuff. Um, but then I really, when I finally did start taking classes um, and like my the end of the year in high school and then outside of high school and college and stuff, you know, I, I started building up all that stuff. And throughout the entire time on and off, I would go to open auditions for things. Like I'd be like, oh man, I really want to do voice acting. And I go to, back then they also had a Funimation open auditions. And so I'd go do that, uh, make it so far and then still terribly fail. <laughs> like it was a, a whole bunch of fail and then pursuing things in other ways, um, you know, doing theater and plays and um, uh, during the, uh, well, actually, I think it was 2019. I think it was in 2019. Um, and by this point, I had done lots of acting um, and performance and all sorts of things. Um, and I had sent in, now I will say I sent in a very sad um open uh, like a homemade uh 
voice demo that I made at home on like a really sad, crappy mic. I think it was like a blue snowball kind of thing, you know, like in a closet and no, no mastering, no sound effects or anything in it. Um, Just my voice and telling a story. And in 2019, um, I was very fortunate. I got cast in my first show. Um, well, as a character, my first show as a character, uh, Funima- Funimation at the time actually had called me in for a couple um, Walla sessions um, for a couple shows. And like, so my first one, I think, was uh, Hanabato. Um, I think it was like some tennis show. And it was just like some background people and kids. And then um, Sentai Filmworks in Houston called me in for my first character role. Very um, minor character in uh, Assassin's Pride. And that kind of started my journey into like um, the voice acting bug. And then, um, excuse me, uh, the pandemic hit. And I was like, man, you know what? I want to, and Sentai kept calling me in more and more for different roles. And I was like, but it wasn't, you know, every week or every month, you know? So I was like, man, I want to do this more often. Pandemic hit. And um I built an official booth and got my stuff in gear and started doing like indie projects and narration and just anything I could sink my teeth into. And um, when the Crunchyroll Studios officially opened back up, they called me in for my first um, character role there in uh, Requiem of the Rose King um, as Edward of Middleham. And then it just kept growing and Growing until then. So I, that was me trying to give a short answer. <laughs> I don't know if I accomplished that. But uh, yeah, so I guess kind of started um, since I was a wee babe. I hope that answers. Does, does that answer the question? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a it's a long journey of failure, but you eventually got there. And that's what's important at the end of the day is just getting there. Mm-hmm. I agree. And never giving up. Never giving up. And uh, how did you take to dubbing? Was it easy or was it hard? So um, let me think. Was it easy or hard? For trying to think. I think for little Kelly, when she was 11, um, I was really good at um, impersonating at that time. I was really good at sounding like a bunch of different types of voice actresses. And I think that's why I got to audition for some big projects um, and kind of got taken seriously, even at 11. But I wasn't, I was good at impersonating, but I wasn't good at crafting my own work. And so that's why nothing ever sat or hit. Um, And, and nor should it have, you know, and um, now uh, when I first got my first role, um, it's, I I mean, I, I love it. Um, I think you have to have like a really good vision and creativity in your mind and um, being able to be directable. Um, but did I take to dubbing? Um, I think so. I think it was kind of, um, I mean, I think, I think, <laughs> I'm not sure, but I, I think I kind of, t- uh, it was not, um, I mean, different dubbing studios dub a little bit different ways. Like some studios gives you beeps before um, you do your lines and other studios, you pay attention to the time code or are listening to like, if you know your Japanese say, uh, you listen to their voice and, you, and look at the time code and go when they go. Um, 
So it just kind of depends. Um, they're just kind of different dubbing styles. But I think um, it, and especially with practice, I think a lot of people can definitely um, get into it. <laughs> and what do you love and hate about what you do? Hmm. I love to sound, there's so many things I love about it. Um, love to jump in, to, like, not based on how you visually look at all or age, and, and depending on, like, how you can make your voice sound. Um, and you can just jump in, you can be, like, a villain one day, a love interest the next, a little child. I, I love the versatility you get. Um, I also love the um you can have like it's very fluctuating um with the speech in the, in a sense like uh like lots of musicality lots of depending on the show of course but you know like lots of uh over the top reactions um really and some like for the actiony shows or fantasy based stuff you know you have like this huge magical world sometimes and um not based off so much visual effects. Uh, so I love that. Also love like the really intimate scenes um, and natural conversations you can have and build. I like when I do my work, I like it sounding like y you're, you're peeking into the world a little bit. And I don't know, it's I like just building it and thinking it's like a real conversation. Um, things I hate. Let me think. Um, hmm. I guess sometimes matching mouth flaps, um, with writing, um, I don't know if it's necessarily a hate. It's just sometimes we really have to switch up some of the dialogue or maybe something doesn't flow as naturally because we had, we only had like two flaps to fit in a sentence or something. So we had to change it. Um, so maybe that... Um, you know, I, I struggle to <laughs> think of some other things I hate because I really love, um, being able to do this. So I don't really have, a, uh, I don't really, I guess that's it. <laughs> it's like, I can't think of other things. And out of all the characters you've played, which one would you say was the toughest? The toughest. Hmm. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I have to think about it. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, let, let me let me dwell upon my characters. I guess um, I really try to have a vision of if I if I am fortunate, fortunate enough to know the character I'm doing before I get in the booth. Um, I try to excuse me, I'm drinking a sparkly water and it keeps making me burp. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I try to have a really good vision of what this character is and stuff. Um, so, but, but sometimes, you know, you don't know when you go in, like for some characters, um, like for Edward, I didn't know I was recording Edward that day when I went in and Olivia, um, uh, Ningen, uh, Fushin, um, I didn't know I was recording her that day either. Um, so, but they, I wouldn't say either of them were difficult. Um, goodness, it is a hard question. I guess... No, uh, I I don't have an answer for you. I'm like, I'm not, because I guess everything, um, I think when you first get in the booth and you're first building this character with the director, I guess that could be like 
the hardest session for you um, because especially if you come in prepared, you kind of have a, a vision and then um, the director has a vision and then you kind of collaborate to manifest and cre create this character, right? Um, and so kind of building this character, that could be like the hardest session, but difficult, I would say no, just more of a, of a um, building and creating and I think a good synergy goes on there and then like the vision is really really good I wish I could tell you I can't, I can't think of one that was like oh, that was really difficult um because I enjoy all of them and I love all of them um if I think of one later in the conversation <laughs> I'll come back to it and uh you know growing up you know you said like you're you were a fan of anime growing up but did you what were some of your favorite shows uh yes uh Sailor Moon, for sure. She was like my idol and role model and everything growing up. Definitely Sailor Moon. All of the characters in Sailor Moon. Um, especially loved Sailor Starfighter. <laughs> like I loved all of them. Um, that was another one. Of course, Dragon Ball Z. I love Dragon Ball Z too. Um, and what are some other shows that I really watched when I was little? Um, I watched a lot. Some things I probably shouldn't have watched, but it was, uh, I loved Slayers, um, Magic Users Club, uh, Galaxy Fraulein Yuna, like just a bunch, basically anything they sold at like a Suncoast or like, uh, or any of those, uh, DVD stores back in the day. Uh, I would, if I get my hands on it, I, I watched all of it from, but I think my first one ever was Sailor Moon. And were you, uh, prior to getting into anime dubbing, did you watch dubs or subs? So at first it was dubs because it was on, uh, Sailor Moon was on TV when I saw it. And uh, so it was all dubbed. And I did that first. And then when I would buy the DVDs, or VHSs actually back then, <laughs> until a certain time, uh, we would... Um, they would, they'd be dubbed. It wasn't until DVDs came out that you could watch them um, subbed. Well, certain ones, I guess. But actually, I watched everything dubbed at first. It wasn't until maybe I was in high school and I wasn't waiting for them to be released here and buy them here in the States. I just started getting them overseas. Um, like show, I think shows like Fruits Basket, Inuyasha. Um I started getting those from overseas subtitled and that's when I kind of started watching some stuff sub subtitled if I wanted early access to it. And do you have like a personal preference or does it not, is it not much of a difference to you? So I watch both, um, depending like, um, hmm, like, so if I have friends, especially and colleagues, um, that I really admire, I, I definitely watch the dub, uh, because I also find it educational and, I do watch the sub as well, especially for, well, if I have the opportunity uh, to, I, I watch the sub before I go and record my show. Um, well, depending, like if I'm a lead, then I, I like, oh, let me watch this and see what the episode is about. So I'm on the same page as the director. Um, or I read the manga. Uh, like when for Tempuru, um, I read all of the manga once I got cast and uh, when the episode came out, I was like, oh, let me watch it and get an idea of what's going to go down. And I was like, awesome. And so I like if I have the opportunity to, I love to research my character. 
Um, sometimes, like I said, you don't though. And so you have to go in and just always be warmed up and prepared to do anything. Um, but I watch both, uh, depending on how much I like a show. Um, I'm trying to think of a show right now that I watch sub. I watch some Bleach subbed, and then I'll go back and watch it dubbed. Um, definitely uh, just kind of depends on the day and how much I really like a show. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny you mention uh, growing up watching a lot of dubs. But I find it funny that a lot of people who end up disliking dubs grew up watching dubs. It's like, you know, wait a minute. If the dubs didn't exist, you guys wouldn't even know what anime was. <laughs> That's <know>? right. <laughs> That's right, definitely. Like, because at some point, that's all you could watch, you know, like if it was on TV and stuff. It wasn't until, like I said, unless you're getting it overseas um, or bootlegged or something, you know, like it's or until the DVDs came out, you couldn't really uh, watch anything but dubs. It wasn't like the early days of the inter internet where you're trying to hunt down this like really obscure anime subbed and you just could not find it. Now everything's like. Mostly uh -huh. everything nowadays is readily available, but back then, man, you know, try finding it was like not. yeah, like try finding the original Gundam subbed back <sighs> in the day. You could not <laughs> impossible. Like that's why I was like, when did I start watching subs? And I was like, I was in high school probably because that's when it became more available. For sure, the internet was different back then. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah, it was just uh, difficult trying to hunt down. Um, uh, subs of shows that you know you want to see subbed because mm -hmm. you're like oh you know they cut out a lot of stuff in the dub it's like i want to watch i want to watch like the, the you know the original uncut version and it's like well you can't find it i mean like yeah <laughs> god especially back in the day like you know early 2000s early to mid 2000s good luck finding mm -hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh subbed that was kind of Go impossible on. at some point <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> nowadays it's it's easy nowadays you can just pretty much find the subs like you know unless it's mm -hmm. unless it's something that's really obscure that never got a, a proper release then it's probably difficult but for the most part you can pretty much find what you're looking for if you know where to look and you know some you know it depends on i guess it depends on the show i mean obviously not mm -hmm. everything is is you know readily available but the stuff that is is much more it's oh, much yeah. more readily available than than the than uh than what we had back in the day. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned like uh, preparing for a role. Like, does it does that kind of you know knowing knowing what you know uh you know knowing uh what your character is going through beforehand? Like, does that kind of ruin the experience for you, or just like oh yeah, that's that's nah, that's kind of you know that's what I what I'm in for. No, I, I, I love it. Well, like I said, sometimes you get that opportunity to do it. And then other times, like um, like like I said, for Edward and Olivia, I had no idea week to week what was going to go down with that. <laughs> but uh, so, but if, like I said, if I had the opportunity, oh, I, I love it because I feel like it's a deep dive. And, you know, you might learn something later that you're like, ooh, I could maybe say a line a kind of a different way and it's more maybe foreshadowing or um there's special emphasis behind this you know so i love deep diving because you can get some like really um personal and more intriguing reads from it and more like real emotions so yeah no i love if i can prepare for it all i absolutely love it and do you watch any of the stuff you're in or can you not stand listening to yourself <laughs> 
So I feel like when you, um, especially if you do audiobooks, you have to listen to your, and, and if you produce your own audiobooks, um, you have to listen to yourself talk for so much, long and so much that you get used to it. <laughs> so you, so if you have like, I th- feel like everybody hates their voice because I used to hate my voice too. I still wanted to be a voice actress, but I was like, I hate my voice. And so I feel like that's, um, everybody kind of goes through that. Uh, I do actually, um, well, I don't watch all of my shows, but if I, if I play a significant role in a show, um, I do like to go back and watch it um, because <laughs> I kind of I like to think, yes, that was a really good choice. I like that, you know, like, I like or educational. And then also how the act, all of us actors either play against each other or, ooh, you know, I just I do like to go back and see how the product turned out, because, um, again, it's to me, everything is educational. Like you watch. I mean, it's a good reason sometimes to watch dubs. And I say you have to. But I think you can learn a lot just by listening and watching. And um, so, yeah, I like to go and revisit and be like, that was solid. Or, eh. <laughs> and then, like, if you watch stuff from goodness, when I first started dubbing, I'm like, ah, oh, yes, I have grown a lot since then. <laughs> it's a, So it's fun to go and do that and um, and to grow. Especially when, you know, you're comparing something like, you know, Olivia to, to, to the stuff you did later on. It's like, oh, yeah, this was definitely recorded during, like, early career, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia, I, I really actually enjoyed doing Olivia. Um, she was she was a lot of fun. Uh, she was when did I do her? She was I think she was just this past year. But uh, I can't think of a character that was. Uh, gosh, an early one would have been um, oh, Yuffie from Assassin's Pride. Yeah, she was my first one, and I have grown leaps and bounds since her. Um, that's another one that was. Oh, I think there are some characters on. Oh, what's the show called? Hold on, give me a second. Oh my god, Shirobako. Um, yeah, and none of it. I never consider my and consider any of my work like. Oh no, that was terrible. It's more of like a. No, like it's good, but just like how much you can grow and really inform the work more and make it even more. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it, like even more impassioned, I guess. Um, is that the right word? I don't know. <laughs> but something like that. Oops, as I hit my mic. Yeah, there we go. And how do you break down a character? How do I break down a character? Huh. Let me think. <laughs> kind of. It depends. Uh, it also depends on the uh, um, the medium you're doing, um, because I think video games is and um, uh, like prelay animation and Japanese animation. Like I feel like there's different approaches to all of them. Um, but breaking down a character, uh, I mean, if you have really good side um, sides and they inform you of like here's a little bit of information about the care oh my gosh i gotta burp again excuse me oh, nope it didn't, it didn't come okay there it was my bad <laughs> this is sad i burp all the time when i drink sparkly waters i am so sorry but um uh yeah they'll, if it gives you like some background some information about the character um like really reading that thoroughly and um and going through the lines and like i, I read through everything before i do them and 
and really kind of, I guess, it really, you know, and taking like the vocal, if they have vocal information about it, I guess it's just like really sitting there and thinking and breaking down um, what the side is asking of you. And then when you're reading the lines, I always like to think of it first. Um, how would a person say this if they were sitting across from you? Um, uh, like, because I like to try to get things in a natural way first. And then it's also like, okay, situational. What if this, if it actually is saying on there, you know, like, is this, ex they're really excited. Um, they're really mortified, you know, then we take it to like these next uh, things. But I, I do like to imagine this scene. Um, I, I well, who was it who told me this? It was, um, maybe it was Barry Yandel. Um, like, if you take a class with him, he's like, you talk, I think, is it humanization? I think that might be what he talks about, where you're adding like these little flavors of like, you know, maybe you took a breath here or you paused or you improvised an um and different like when you're doing audition depending on who you're doing them for so some some studios are love it and then some are like eh. um so you have to really know your audience when you're doing it too but um but like really like bringing to life what is going on in the side and then there's like pre-life as well um where people or actors will add what is happening in the scene right before this happens so that you have that same energy like or this natural energy and you're not just saying the line like if like I don't know if you were saying something like you know the line was like that was really heavy instead of being like that was really heavy you know like and but you're like oh if you just move something be like oh, was really heavy you know like kind of bringing what's what was that life before this happened oh we're probably really tired now you know <laughs> like, instead of just saying the line um so imagining those different so i guess i don't know if that answers your question at all <laughs> i was hoping it did but i don't know if it did at all <laughs> it's it's the age-old bit of like give as many takes as possible and hope that that they like one of them <laughs> i mean definitely like there's um I do that a lot. I, I throw lots of wilds out there because also if I'm like, I don't like the way that sounds. Here's a wild. <laughs> like we uh, we throw lots of different, lots of different lines out there and see what fits and sits. And was there ever a point where you at where you ad libbed something and you were shocked that they kept it in? Hmm. Let me think. Let me think. I know some actors have done it a lot. <laughs> I love it. Um, and they're I just I love how inventive they are. Um, I'm trying to think. If I did do something, it would have been in a Walla thing. Because when you're doing Walla, a lot of times it's just chatter um, that you're making up that at least is informing the scene in some way. And they always keep that stuff in. But no, I don't think I have anything that... Well, wait. Oh, I think I had a glimmer of a memory and then it faded. <laughs> I can't think of anything. But I do know... Um, quite a few actors have done that and it's amazing and I love it. <laughs> and what was the best and worst advice you've ever been given as an actor? Best and worst. Let me think. <laughs> it's just like quiet. I have to think. Um, what do you think best? I mean, never giving up, obviously. Um, that's like, even when it feels like you're stuck in a place, um, never giving up. Um, keep pushing forward. 
um, and growing and like something I, somebody told me this once and I can't remember who said it, but it's something I tell everybody who will listen is like good talent does not go unnoticed for long. Um, so it's just like, keep pushing and never giving up. Um, that's definitely probably one of the best advice. Um, what else? Worst advice. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I don't. I'm, I'm sure if I really sat here and thought about it, I could think of something, but, um, Nope, can't think. I can't think of anything. Again, if it comes to me, I'll let you know. I'm sure there's something sitting in here. I guess if I don't agree with something, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Like I don't sit with it for very long. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. I I do apologize. And what uh, dubbing style do you prefer? Do you prefer like the three beeps, or do you prefer do you prefer like dubbing as the scene goes? Ooh. That's a tough question because I do both of them. Um, hmm. Ah, that's a hard question. So, hmm. <laughs> I have to think. I, um, I don't know. Um, I think the beeps are really helpful if you're trying to work out the timing of something. Um, because sometimes you'll be broken in a monologue. And, you know, like having the beeps there for your next part of different parts of the monologue can really help your speed so you're not saying a line too fast or too slow and so I think when you're talking a bunch um those those beeps can be really useful and at some point you know you start to kind of in a way tune out the beeps um and they're just there as like markers um and then sometimes I will say um I don't know if Every actor does does this, but if I'm doing like a monologue and I didn't, I, I do a flub or I um, didn't like the way I delivered that line, I go ahead and I do another wild until I like it. And then I, um, and I move on to the next one all in one recording take and some, you know, and <laughs> I, and I, they'll beeps will keep going, but I tune them out and just do the scene. Um, so it depends because we'd like to work with the beeps but sometimes i throw those wilds out there um i think the beeps are really good for timing um in preparation and stuff especially if you have like a really long scene and you're like oh here's where i need to do my react um whereas just doing the scene because some studios when you're just doing the scene or you're chasing it or something you hear the um the original language underneath and so in a way that kind of, and it, like I said, if you recognize your character's other voice in that, um, it kind of is, is like a beep and a timing thing for you as well. Um, so in a way they're kind of similar a little bit. Um, which one? Maybe, I don't know which one I prefer. <laughs> like I'm trying to think about it. Uh, I guess it depends on the day. Uh, I guess I pay more attention to the time codes and stuff when instead of um i okay you know what my i like the beeps better there we go i've said it <laughs> i like the beeps better because you're not concentrating so much on when do i need to go you can concentrate on the acting versus when you're concentrating on the time code there is a natural way to go about that as well um but if you but like you do pay attention to the time code a lot on that one 
and timing and stuff. And so that potentially could be a little difficult, potentially. But uh, yeah, I guess I prefer the beeps. But I like I like both, but the beeps are pretty good. And do you look at the screen or do you look at the script when you're uh, delivering your lines? Uh, both. Um, uh, sometimes I, I like I'll read the line before the scene goes. Um, they do like to show it in J first or, you know, whatever um, language it is in. And sometimes I'll just go ahead and chase the scene and I, I won't watch it. And then sometimes I watch it to kind of get a sense of the energy. Um. Oh my God, what was the question? I think I got lost in my own story. Uh, what was the question? One more time, please. Uh, do you watch the screen or do you watch the script when you're dubbing? Gotcha. Sorry. I was just like, well, it is both. Um, I, I I do, like I go back and forth. I, I'm constantly turning my head. Sometimes um, and when you start doing it, well, depending on how your memory is too, um, not for monologues per se, but I'll memorize the line and, sometimes just watch the character depending on what it is um i do both um sometimes i'm just looking at this i'm moving my head a lot <laughs> it's, it's a lot of back and forth or just looking at the screen and doing it, it unless it's like a huge monologue but um yeah it's uh it's it's both because i try to uh i don't know it's a little bit of both <laughs> Even for a show like uh, Tenpuri, which is like very, which has that like over the top Japanese comedy oh, yeah. way of acting. Yeah, Tenpuri. Uh, yeah, a thousand percent. I go back and forth, back and forth. There's a lot of, um, I like to try to put as much of like the energy and physicality of the character into my voice. And so I look at the screen a lot when um, we're doing that because I'm trying to put as much of that into the performance um but there's also like some really touching emotional scenes in there too and so i i like trying to do anything that i possibly can for it because i'm i'm just wondering like because i watched the 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 sub and the dub and i can't imagine that 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 show would be easy to do to, to dub because it's it has that very you know the the seiyus have that you know very exaggerated way of uh delivering their lines and it's very over the top and everything's played for humor you know was there ever any pressure to match the performance or sound as close to the performance or did you try to do your own thing um so um i love doing comedy so so much and i and i also love doing draw i love doing both so so much for different reasons um um uh, mike mcfarland does a phenomenal job on the directing and uh, it's no, we, we, it was never, we'll listen to the J and it'll have it inform us with what we want to do. But, um, and so it's, I guess not so much about, I don't know how to describe it. It's not so much about voice matching the J necessarily, because some of us, some of the stuff is like how it's funnier if we give it a different connotation here in our culture, um, for different things as well to make them just a little bit funnier. Um, but no, I, I don't know. Uh, matching the energy. Uh, I mean, we definitely don't want it to be a thousand percent different, right, from the uh, from the J. But it doesn't. I, I guess I couldn't say it's like pressure to sound. Like I guess it's just like whatever we do, we have to make sure it matches what the character is doing, 
and make it funny. <laughs> I think that's the the two the two things, and still have it honor what the Japanese version or whatever language version is doing too. And out of all the the shows uh, you've worked on, uh, which one would you say is is your favorite? They are all my wonderful children. Uh, so, gosh, I don't. I love all of them, uh, honestly. So I, because um, I could sit here and go through like every character I've ever voiced from, you know female teacher B too, uh, you know, even, you know, Yuzuki and Timpuru. Um, I love all of them so much and being invited in to bring life to these things in English is just such a magical dream that it's, it, it's, um, hard to say. I think I, I don't honest, I can't honestly say I have like a a favorite because it's my favorite just to be in there. So it's just like, I, I love all of them. Uh, I don't, I didn't have, I'm very bad at answering these questions for you. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, my two favorite shows, I mean, is, uh, are like, what was it? Ocean, Ocean and, uh, call of call of the night. And I think call of the night is one of those shows. I kind of wish got a second season because i'm like this is really good i wish more people watched it so it could get a second season but unfortunately that wasn't the case that was a i love vampire shows vampire shows are so so it's like a, a guilty pleasure of mine i love to read vampire books and play video games with vampires in them um so yes i am definitely playing boulder's gate 3 right now uh and uh i just uh I love vampires. That was a very good show to do. I I, en I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah, because there's not a lot of good vampire anime. I think I, I guess outside of like maybe vampire Vampire Hunter D and Helsing, I can't I can't think of like a lot of good vampire anime. So you know, Call of the Night was kind of a surprise because it 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 started out. I mean, the first half was kind of you know kind of a slog to get through, but once you get once you get the feel of what the show is and and the rules and and what they when and uh, the lore behind the, these these vampires like okay this is interesting i want to see where they do where they go with this what do you mean it's over what do you mean there's no second <laughs> season what do you mean i gotta hunt down the manga if i want more of it <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we'll get lucky and i mean because i think the manga i could be wrong but i i think the the manga goes past the series um could be wrong about that but i think it does so maybe who knows maybe there will be a season two maybe, maybe. and that's that's, <laughs> how, that's how most shows work they adapt the manga in chapters and most of the time the manga is um ahead of the anime that's how it usually works so i don't know if i don't know if they can still do I don't know if they can still do the the thing that they used to do in the 2000s where they would just give every everything an, an anime adaptation and and uh and uh, still do it while the manga was ongoing and then they would get to a point where the manga hadn't been to and it's like oh crap what do we do uh make something <laughs> up <laughs> for a hundred episodes yeah i remember those days oh that, man i mean that was the original helsing i mean the original helsing anime was still being produced uh, during while, while the man while the manga was still ongoing 
And when they got to the point where the manga had stopped at the time, they're like, oh, okay, what do we do? Okay, create an anime-exclusive villain and have the plot go in a completely different direction. And then it wasn't until, like, years later, uh, Helsing Ultimate comes out, and then it's like, here's a faithful adaptation of the manga. (laughs) And it's like, thank you. (laughs) A thousand percent. That was good. I liked the... uh... I liked the new adaptation. I still enjoy the old one though too, just because that's like nostalgia. But yeah, I mean, I I I like the original Helsing, the first half, like when they're adapting the manga. Yeah. It's like okay, cool. But then when you get to the part where they introduce Incognito, and it's like okay, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but um. But I mean, that's kind of the problem. I mean, before it was, now it, it, before it was, oh, they got to a point where the manga hadn't finished and they had to like make up their own ending or whatever. And now it's like, oh, they got to a point where, you know, that where the manga is still ongoing. Are they gonna are they gonna do more of the anime? Nope. <laughs> and it's like, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of depends. Although I have been seeing. Um... A whole bunch, you know, like a lot of shows that didn't have continuations are now getting continuations, like Blue Exorcist, I think I just saw today, was going to co- come back, and Madoka Magica, the movie, and, um, you know, and we finally got Bleach again. I was just, I, I'm just saying, like, it, time goes by, and then suddenly, oh, we'll come back to this. So I'm like, who knows? They might come back to it. They might. I mean, it's been how many years and we still don't have like a faithful adaptation of Soul Eater. Like I, that that's like the holy grail where it's like, give me an, an adaptation of Soul Eater that's faithful to the manga. The manga has been finished for years now. Please just adapt it. Please, I'm begging <laughs> you. <laughs> they, who knows? Who knows? I feel like they're coming back and they're doing so many of those shows now. So maybe, maybe we just will see it. And sometimes it it gets really annoying because like you you watch a, a show that you really want that you really like you know like Chainsaw Man and you're a fan of the manga and it's like oh I can't wait to see this this part adapted in 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 uh, in, in animated form and it's like well we don't know if we're gonna do a season two and it's like okay <laughs> really I thought they would do a season two of that because it's so popular I know, but you know, it it's it's Mappa and you know, Mappa is notorious for just like saying yes to any project that comes along their way. It's like that's kind of the big issue with that with that studio where it's like, yeah, you know, we'll we'll say yes to doing the final season of Attack on Titan. We'll just split it into a million parts. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean sometimes like shows shows that you don't you don't expect to get second seasons get second seasons like you know hell's paradise i'm surprised is getting a a second season Mm -hmm. i thought that that was going to just be a one and done thing but i'm kind of glad that they did that they did decide to get a second season i'm hoping that the anime finishes the manga because the manga has already been done so it's like hey you know just uh, give us and give me a full adaptation basically what i'm saying is like i just want an anime that's like a full adaptation of the manga so I can so I can compare so I can compare the two instead of just like oh well this is where the anime stopped but you know in the manga mm. this happened and it's like okay gotcha gotcha yeah time will tell time will tell I mean sometimes you get lucky and and shows you work on come back for second seasons and sometimes you don't and 
it's you true. know it, it is what it is and uh you know you just gotta you know you gotta make the the most of it i guess indeed indeed i agree and you know out of uh, you know outside of the shows you've worked on do you keep up with any with with anything else like the stuff you haven't worked on or do you, do you just not like keep up with stuff that you that you don't uh, work on hmm. no uh i watch anime every season <laughs> i constantly um if i really like something i keep up with it or i'll go pick up the light novel oh like oh my gosh i love heaven official's blessing and uh i'm so happy season two is coming out in the fall um i love that show so much um and i've I've read all of the light novels um before they started coming out in english i, I had friends who had translations of it in from chinese and i read it so many times so so many times um so yeah no i have lots of shows that uh i keep up with for sure and what are some of your favorites well, like, like I said, Heaven Official's Blessing is like one of my, my big ones that I keep up with. Um, gosh, so many others. Um, I yeah, you know, actually, um, I have all the I've been reading the light novels for My Happy Marriage because uh, I loved watching the anime so much. I was like, all right, let's go read these light novels, and so that's what I've been doing as well. Um, let me think of some other ones. Those are like my two big ones that I'm like. That I, and, and that I'm not a part of at all. I, I just really enjoy them. Um, what's another one? Um, basically anything by the author who does have an official's blessing. Um, I've read all of her stuff <laughs> and love it. And all of them have adaptations um, in some way or form. And also have uh, K-dramas or Chinese dramas as well that I've watched as well. And... Um, Gosh, what are some other ones that I have kept up with that I really, really love? <laughs> if I went to my bookshelf in my living room, <laughs> I would have a whole bunch more to say. Um, but goodness, what's, I'm trying to think of like an old school one that I've kept up with. <sighs> I mean, I would have kept up with Yuri on Ice if they ever gave us the movie or season two of. <laughs> and there was no source material before that. So <laughs> I still love it, but. We don't have any more of it. Um, Bleach. You know what? Um, I kept up with Bleach. Uh, I read the manga and... I mean, it's been a bit, but I, I read all the manga and um, was really excited when we got a... You know, finally got the continuation for that. Um, and those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. So it's basically like your entire bookshelf is just nothing but light novels. <laughs> I read a lot of like um, uh, fantasy and romance and horror. Uh, I read a lot of just books in general. Um, I'm constantly reading something or currently I'm constantly playing Boulder's Gate 3. Actually, <laughs> it's kind of it's uh, that's that's where my life has been. But if I'm not playing a video game that I'm obsessed with, I am reading a book. Uh, could be a light novel, could just be. Um, what am I reading right now? Uh, I'm about to start reading The Fourth Wing, um, which is kind of like a dragon type of oh, fantasy book. Sorry, my alarm went off. But yeah, my my books. I love books and I love having physical copies of books. So yeah, if you came ever saw the inside of my humble abode, it would be just a dungeon of books. <laughs> 
that, that's good. I mean, I feel like not a lot of people read nowadays, which I think that's kind of sad, but you know, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, it's nice to, mm. nice to meet someone who's like, yeah, I got a bookshelf that I actually read and it's not just for show. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm constantly. I love it. I mean, you get to, it's like true imaginative freedom, right? Cause you reading the words on the page and it just like blows up inside your brain. I, I, I love it. It's so much fun. And sometimes like the light novels kind of better than the anime adaptation because it's like, hey, you know, we didn't have to condense this down for to 22 minutes. So it's like, hey, you know, I, I kind of like this a little bit better. Kind of wish the anime adaptation had more time to, you know, flesh this out. But oh, well. Sometimes. Yeah, that does happen sometimes. Sometimes it works out. Like so far for My Happy Marriage, I feel like the adaptation has done a very true job to the source material. Um, so I think that's been pretty good, but yeah, there's definitely been ones where it's like, oh, I wish they would have done this more. Yeah. So I understand. Especially when they only have like 24 episodes or so, and they have to adapt like 14, not 14, not volumes into like 24 episodes or so. And it's like, uh, you know, you gotta like mm. skip, skip an entire story just to get to the, to the main, to another conflict. And it's like, ugh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, I understand why you did that. Cause you only had like a li limited time, but still it, it would have been nice to, to, you know, uh, you know, get, get the, get a full story, you know, get the full experience in animated format. Because again, you know, when you're, when you're reading, you know, it's two different mediums. When you're reading something, you only have your imagination to, to you know, fill in the, mm -hmm. fill in the, fill in the blanks. But, you know, when you're watching something and it's like, you know, you, you have a good idea of what the character looks like and what, uh, what, what they, what they, um, what they act like. And, you know, it's kind of a shame that, you know, sometimes you just read these novels and it's like, man, this would have been, this would have been really great in, in animated format if they ever got, got a chance to do it. But unfortunately they didn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Oh, we can dream. <laughs> we can dream sometimes. I mean, hey, I mean, if if Horimiya can can get like another anime adaptation where it's like, hey, you know, here's all the stuff that we left out of the original season, you know, it's like maybe you know maybe more shows will do that. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. That's kind of I think my biggest issue with with most anime adaptations nowadays. It's just like how much how much are they going to adapt? How much are they going to cut out? And that's why I love why well, that's why I love like comparing uh, the the anime to the light novel or or the um, manga because I love seeing the differences and I love um, you know comparing contrasting uh, you know the the differences mm -hmm, between mm -hmm. the two mediums. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm a weirdo like that. <laughs> no, that's very normal. It's totally, it's the same thing, like, even if you're watching Hollywood stuff, right? Like, uh, the differences between um, Lord of the Rings, the novel versus the, the everything, you know, like, and all of the stuff in between. Um, and same for, I'm just trying to think of, like, the big examples off the top of my head, like Harry Potter, Twilight, <laughs> you know, like, a lot of these big stuff that had books before narnia um the differences between the original source material and then what they adapted so or basically just say every stephen king novel that's ever existed mm. that too that too because they're just 
like you just read a lot of those books and it's like yeah this is kind of unfilmable sometimes <laughs> I mean, it's like, look, I I know people complain about the it adaptation, yeah. like the, the two part it adaptation. But if you read the book, it's a oh, weird I think it's book. The book's worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you read the book, the book is. I, I'll say this. I, I'll. I don't care if this is a hot take. I think the book is unfilmable. I think it's like mm -hmm. just a weird mess of just like what were you thinking like did you just like get high yeah. off of you know <laughs> did you just do shrooms one day and just like write down what you thought of it because this is like this is a mess because one it's large i kind of i kind of dread what the editor had to look at <laughs> you know like what they had to cut out because oh my goodness it's it's a it's a huge book and it's just filled with just nonsense upon nonsense and it's just it's it's not a good book. I'm sorry. Like I, I feel like the adaptations are a little bit better because they just said, okay, let's just take what what we can work with and try to make try to make a narrative out of that. And it's like, does it work? Maybe. Does it not work? I don't know. <laughs> but I think you know the adaptations we got of that are as good as 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 we're gonna get when it comes to adapting that book into into a live action format because I I feel like the book is unfilmable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it also has some very, uh, uh, well, you know, it has some questionable content in there as well. Uh, so, uh, with involving the kids. So it was, you know, like, uh, I think, you know, oh, is it my niece? Um, she's old. She's in her twenties, but, uh, she loves the, uh, she, she loves the most recent adaptation of the, the, it, movies i never watched them because well i did i actually did a few years ago because she finally was like no you must watch them Aunt kelly and i was like fine i'll do it and you know what they weren't as scary as i thought they were gonna be it was childhood for me because i had as a little kid i had watched like the first one parts of the first one and it was like terrified <laughs> as a child and i was like and as an adult i was like i'm not revisiting this trauma on myself <laughs> i was like we're not watching it and i enjoyed i enjoyed the newest ones though um if you're looking for like, there's like maybe a couple jump scares. I feel like it's more, if anything, kind of psychological a little bit. But uh, entertain you like you know for the, the Halloween horror buffs. Um, it's, it's a movie, you know. It's a movie. I mean, like I said, I feel like the first part is as good as an as an adaptation as you're gonna get of that out of that book. I mean, the second part is kind of whatever, mm -hmm. but. You know, the, yeah. the, the first part I feel like is, is, is as good as an adaptation is going, as we're going to get of this, of the source material. Because like I said, you know, it's just, it's just unfilmable. It really is unfilmable. And it's like, yeah, it's just, no, you can't, you can't do this. Like, it's really, it's one of those things where you know, I've just, I've just, I've just been thinking about like, I don't know what article I read where it was just talking about like, uh, novels that are just could not could never be made to films because they just do not translate well mm -hmm. into into that medium and i'm like and that kind of got me thinking of like well what what other books could not could not uh, make it into live action and uh and it's tough like 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 to me like trying to for example like you know you mentioned Baldur's gate 3 i feel like you know trying to do like what that game does uh -huh. well like what that game does well uh, that like what that game does 
so well when compared to like the movies is that it captures yeah. what it's like to play D and D, and I'm like, this is what I want. It feels like you are playing a D and D campaign. Like that's what I love about Baldur's Gate Three is that it immediately sets up the plot, and you know what the plot is. And you can immediately ignore mm-hmm. that to go do side quests that feel like one yes. off you know, <laughs> that feel like one off campaigns. And I'm like, that's how that's what D and D is. It's just like mm-hmm. tr- trying to to see like if you can break the DM and, and like how much stuff yes. that they can make up <laughs> as they go along. Yes, it is that. It, it and the storytelling and the voice acting is just phenomenal. Like that's why I'm so sucked in. I'm just like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love it so much. You could probably get me talking about Boulder's Gate three like for days on end. <laughs> I love it, and that's why like I do, I never really liked. I mean, I know a lot of people like the new movie, but I just I I just could never get into it. Like I, I watch that, I'm like I get what they're trying to do, but it just it just feels like a generic Hollywood thing. It doesn't like feel like it doesn't capture what what playing D and D feels like. It's like mm-hmm. it just feels like a generic uh, blockbuster set in a fantasy setting. It's it's basically like. It's basically like a lot of those fantasy anime shows that don't feel like isekai shows, but they kind of mm. like have, but they kind of are written like they're isekai shows. So it's like, well, why wasn't this an isekai? Because I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, like some, and you know, that that makes me think too, like, um, I couldn't imagine them doing Boulder's Gate 3 like into a movie or a series I'm like no it's already good as it is leave it alone <laughs> you know, like it's I like the game leave the game alone um however I will say um The Last of Us that live action adaptation is phenomenal as well like that like talk about like doing a video game and then putting that into like well so far anyway into TV format like incredible like and the acting again phenomenal so good like some stuff is done so so well love it yeah but yeah that, that's that's kind of what i feel where it, it, that's why like i'm very interested in in anime adaptations or just any anime a- adaptation in general because it's like okay this is what the source material is like how do you translate that into like you know uh, into animation or whatever and that's and that's kind of interesting, like it, because like the, the they announce like a lot of a lot of these shows, and and sometimes you just like wonder, you know, could that work in in animated format? Could that work in live action? Could this, you know, like how are they going to change this and that? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and you know, but that's 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 life basically. That's like the creative process. Yeah. It's yeah, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and you know, I I feel like trying to like make a make an adaptation that that has this that that you know has the uh essence of of the source material is really hard because sometimes it just like doesn't translate well or sometimes it's it's difficult to adapt something that's like a really long narrative into like a you know condense it down to to like a 24 episode anime or whatever Mhm That's true But yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> big tangent but yeah yeah no fun tangent fun yeah um gosh i forgot what the next question oh yeah i was i was supposed i i, I also wanted to ask like how do you avoid how do how do you avoid a vocal damage hmm yes um let's see there's lots of things um i do have a oh what, what is it called um there's a special word for it and i can't think of the name for it um, it's called my purist. 
Um, and it's really good for hydrating your vocal cords. And it's basically like this humidifier that just like goes over your mouth and nose and it, you know, steams in, you know, like the hot air and liquid and stuff. Um, I do use that. Um, it's really, well, hydrate my vocal cords. Um, I always do vocal warmups um, every time I do any kind of voice acting. Um, I'm doing vocal warmups. Um, and that can be, that can be a lot of different things, you know, like massaging different parts of the face and the jaw and the throat and, um, you know, doing different types of hums and, uh, I go through like 50 tongue twisters sometimes just to warm my mouth up and saying words. Um, and then drink, you know, always being hydrated the night before, um, uh, and then the day of, um, staying away from, uh, I do stay away from like a lot of, um, creamers and stuff and, uh, before I go into the studio, of course, so I'm not blimmy. Um, what else? Um, I think also maybe it's a little bit of learning how your mouth and voice and throat work, um, and how certain voices will give you vocal strain and whatnot. Like um, little boy voices, for example, for me, um, are the most vocally strenuous. Um, I can do them, but I do feel more vocal fatigue from it. Um, but, you know, the aftermath of that, you know, being on vocal rest, using um, my, gosh, there's a word for it. I can't think of what it is, but, you know, like my my purest thing. Is that nebulizer? Is that what it's called? I don't remember. Um, using that, lots of liquids, vocal throat teas, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, really getting to know what your voice is capable of you know like some people doing like doing screams and shouts and stuff like that actually doesn't affect me uh or at least the way I do them hasn't affected me and I don't really I couldn't really tell you the science behind it <laughs> it's just something I've learned um throughout the years how to do them certain ways and I again I wish it's just something I kind of learned naturally and I wish I could describe more um but there's plenty of teachers um, that can really give more advice than I can. But um, I would say uh, always, you know, staying hydrated if you can, you know, using that. Uh, I think it's a nebulizer. <laughs> I think that's what it's called because it just hydration for your, your vocal cords, um, throat teas, vocal rest, um, and understanding what voices um you know give you fatigue and what don't um yeah I think that's my answer <laughs> I think that might be it and having like a higher pitched voice do you feel like that limits the type of roles that you can audition for or are you not bothered by that um let me think um it's funny my voice is actually not as high as a lot of the other ladies uh, and other people um at uh, Crunchyroll, I have more of a mid voice there, which is kind of funny. Um, but it depends. Like I can do lower, um, and it doesn't vocally stream me. It's kind of like if I'm excitable or if I'm just kind of hanging out talking, I talk in a certain way. 
Um, but I can also talk here all day long. But that's about that's about as deep as I can go. I can't I can't go any deeper than this, darling. You know, like that's that's about as low as we go. Um, and there's definitely ladies that can go way lower than me. <laughs> Crunchyroll as well, and other studios. Um, so it kind of depends. Uh, I do currently. Uh, I am getting stuck more in teenager zone, which I'm totally happy with because it's a lot of fun. Um, but I guess I haven't felt like I get put in. I've gotten put into like um a crazy box because I mean I've gotten to play lots of different characters like crazy nasally types, little boys, mature women. I have played um a few, N- not as many, but I have played a few mature women. Um, and, uh, a couple high pitch girls, like, it just kind of depends. Uh, I guess I don't feel limited yet, but I'm still relatively new in my career. So it's, uh, <laughs> so, you know, like I've only done it for a couple of years and, um, I'm just having so much fun with it that I'm not feeling like I'm stuck. Uh, but I'll, time will tell, <laughs> time will tell, I don't know. Uh, I, I just love anytime I'm invited in, I'm just like, I love to be there. So I don't care what I'm doing uh, that day. I just, I'm happy to be there. And do you feel like you're comfortable with knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are as an actor? Or are you still trying to figure that out? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something we're always growing and figuring out from day to day. Um, we're always... And the more and more you learn and grow, the more and more you, you know, change up what you do. And, um, yeah, I I love growing and learning. That's why I consume so much stuff, like, from watching any kind of thing you can put on the television, playing the video games, reading the books, going to plays, being a part of plays, like, doing as much as I possibly can, going out, experiencing the world, like, um everything you do is going to inform the way that you perform something. And so, um, and realizing strengths and weaknesses is a part of the journey and, um, you know, and putting more foundation into those things and building them up and helping them grow. Like, I I think it's important to, uh, to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really important to, um, yeah, especially earlier, early on, early on in your career, it you know trying to figure out you know where where you where you stand amongst the rest because you're because you're because you work with a lot of like really talented individuals and sometimes I listen to 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 you guys work and I'm just like how do they do that like are they even human? <laughs> <laughs> very very talented people in the universe for sure. So I'm just wondering, like, doesn't does imposter syndrome ever kick in for you? Or are you just like, oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no. Oh, absolutely. It'll kick in. Okay. I think it kicks in for every actor, no matter um, if you're considered one of the best in the world. I think it probably still comes in and pokes its little head <laughs> in on you. Um, and I think especially for people, and it happens a lot in the creative field, um, we're all of our own worst critics. And so we we love to tear apart absolutely everything we've done. <laughs> and so um, it's uh, 
imposter syndrome is always a constant companion. It's a, it's a how to deal with that constant companion in healthy ways, for sure. All right. But yes, I feel that constantly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially when working with someone like, you know, Mike McFarland, who's been around since like the, the old Funimation days. And it's like, oh, boy. <laughs> He is such a phenomenal human, though, like uh, incredible director to work with. And really, I mean, he he knows his stuff. So like you, he's, it's it's incredible human, incredible and also sweet, sweet, sweet human. <laughs> I mean, out of all the directors you've worked with, which one would you say like uh, which one would you say was your favorite? I do not have a favorite. I love all of them. <laughs> that is that is my final answer. I love all of them. There, anybody that invites me in to um, take part of their creative endeavor, it's such an honor. So I love all of them. I mean, they're and they're really talented, and they all have like their own unique styles. I mean, you watch like they a lot do. of. I mean, you watch a lot of these shows, and you're like, yeah, I know who directed this. <laughs> oh yeah, like everybody has um, their own directing, and it's and so it's it's. It's always like a different type of experience from director to director um, in the sense of like, this is how this is going to go down. And it's a lot of fun. I, I love it. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, anyway, before we wrap this up, uh, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Yes. Um, I'm. Oh, gosh. What am I? I mean, I'm really in anime right now. Um, the only thing I'm currently working on this season is... Uh, Timpuru as Yuzuki Alba. And um, video game-wise, I, I have to really think about it. It's a lot of stuff like uh, in the indie scene, um, like Witchfall and um, Valeria, Pagan Priestess and stuff like that. Um, you can find me at kellygreenshield.com, which will then link you to like my imdb my instagram and my twitter um but and i usually and i think i have a tiktok on there too and i usually am constantly on some platform in the background you know like you're, on, you're watching tv or an anime and then they're like let me go see what's going on in the twitter verse or the x verse i don't even know what you call it anymore <laughs> but yeah that's uh that's pretty much it <laughs> thank you for having me and um going uh asking me all these questions uh this is only my second interview i've ever done uh so it was it was a lot of fun lear learning how to do these as well <laughs> oh goodness that that that's that's tough I, I had no idea this was like your second interview like it's only second time doing this and i'm just like giving you the hardest questions <laughs> <laughs> oh no you're good you're totally good yeah i've done um like one other um i've been asked before but i I had always said no because at that time, um, I just didn't feel like I had much to, to give to the world uh, and any kind of helpful advice <laughs> or anything. Um, so I was just like, nobody wants to hear me talk. And I was like, that, that, that's fine. But I've just recently started um, being like, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll try it out. <laughs> so that's the, the, no, but this has been a lot of fun. So thank you so much. If you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Oh, absolutely. Only an email away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.